Welcome to another episode of the Mountain Stories podcast from the Institute of Mountain Research at Westminster College. This episode is the last part of our collaboration with Dr. Shomei Pu on her project, Mountains and Stories, Building Community Among Asian Refugees and Immigrants. For the last nine months or so, we've been sharing stories of Asian refugees and immigrants in the Salt Lake Valley. And today, we're happy to share the very last one with you. We're also happy to be releasing this episode right at the beginning of Chinese New Year celebrations. The festival starts on New Year's Eve on the lunar calendar and continues for 15 days, culminating with the Lantern Festival. In the calendar we tend to use here in the United States, that means the celebrations will run from January 31st through February 15th. Our episode today features a conversation with Margaret Yi. Margaret is the chair of the Chinese Railroad Workers Descendants Association, and today she'll talk with us about her own history here in the Salt Lake Valley and the legacy of the Chinese workers on the Transcontinental Railroad. I really think you're going to enjoy this conversation. We are very honored to have Margaret E with us today. I feel it's out of a serendipity that we have you as the last storyteller for the Mountains and Stories series. Margaret, would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you so much for including me in your program. It is my great honor. I appreciate you all. My name is Margaret Yi, or Heng Kun Yi. I am um, Chinese. I am a fourth generation of the Chinese Railroad Worker Descendant Associate Descendant. And my great grandfather is, uh, in my mother's side, is working for the Central Pacific. The great grandfather, mm, and he is uh, a, a laborer. My great grandfather Wong, I, and my father's side is um, a, a chef for the Chinese railroad worker. We have five uh, brother sister. I'm the oldest or one of them all. I born in Hong Kong. My father and mother always said, education is the most important. You can have all the process in the world. Nothing can take away uh, education. So in the 1930, lots of, lots of female very seldom go to higher education. But my grandfather sent my mother to a Toysan female's teaching school. My mother have a certificate to teaching. And my father went to the Queen's College at Hong Kong, and they, they focus on teaching English. I have the opportunity to select it to a state-sponsored school, and which is a very high honor to be, to be uh, accepted because it is very difficult, only few students accepted to the school. Later on, I go to the midwife school at Guangdong, go over there. Then I went to, then I went to Habahama, and then I come to the USA, marry my husband. And I live, uh, yeah, I, I, my husband, we, we, I, we live in Utah. 
for 59 years. Then I have, uh, I have four beautiful children and nine beautiful grandchildren. I came to the USA 1962. You know, at that time, when I came to Utah at that time, there's only a thousand population, less than a thousand population in here. Yeah, not too many Chinese. And uh, only the Wongs, only few family, like the Wongs, the Yi, the Lui, the Jin, the Hong, that's it. You know, so not too many Chinese at all. What brought me Utah? You know, so my aunt live in Utah. Yeah, and uh, I came here from Nassau, Bahama to further my education and see my aunt. I met my husband. Yeah, so we fall in love at the first sight. So I, I marry. So that since the people is very friendly here, and I, I'm from Bahama. Bahama, they, that, that's the oceans, beautiful sands. When I came here, I see this beautiful, beautiful mountain. It's so pretty. And they have a national park, and they have outside recreation. I think Utah is so beautiful. So I decided to live in Utah, and I think Utah is my home. Utah have lots, lots of opportunity. You know, so I enjoy living in Utah. So like I said, I live here 59 years. The first thing I... I do with the, when I came to Utah in here. So, so I met so many wonderful, wonderful friends. There's one friend I met that really have a huge impact in my life. His, her name is Sunday Anderson. And when I was a newcomer, I saw her do so many things for the Chinese community, for the American community. She's an American. And uh, she's the one that built, um, helped build the Nye South, Nye West Senior Center over there. And it benefits so many people's life. And she taught me the, what the, the meaning of volunteerism. And when I was a newcomer, she invited me to a uh, Hall of Frame Gala, where she received an, an award. And uh, because she touches so many people's life. And her daughter is son of the NMA Anderson. She worked at the, uh, the driver license department. And at that time, 62, lots of Chinese, they do not speak English. They come out here work. So it's difficult for them to get the license, but uh, her daughter teaching them to how to do, uh, how how to to work and it and that that, that. So, so lots of people get the license so they don't have to walk. Grandma, we call her Grandma Anderson. She take my family under her uh, her her wing. So she taught me community what, what, uh, the meaning of what, what, uh, of volunteerism. So I start to helping the community, I was thinking, you know, they are an American. They help Chinese people so much. You know, I was so new newcomer at that time. In my mind, I planned the seed. I say, when, when I am in the community, I got to do something for the Chinese community. You know, if they can do it, I can do it too. So at that time on, I, I, I wanted to help the community to, to make the difference. 
I, were, I was volunteering. I was helping the newcomer to come over here and sponsor their family here, the new immigrant. Then I, I started to working at the, as a volunteer, my volunteerism. The, then the first, I, I'm, I'm, I was the, at the school helping the, the you know, at the, the Girl Scout, Boy Scout, and at the Salt Lake City, I'm a sister city board member in the Salt Lake County. I'm the economic planning, uh, uh, economic planning uh, loan committee. I, I helping to, to yeah, I'm, I'm helping over there. And the state side, I'm the at the work at the, the board member for the, the, the ethic affairs office as a governor's advisor for the Asian affair, for Governor Binkata, for Governor Levitt, and for Governor uh, Walker. And I enjoy the helping the people. And uh, I think Utah is the, my home and I have the opportunity, land of opportunity. My husband owned the J Cafe for 55 years, you know, because those, those are chop suey, chop suey only. Mm -hmm. So I, I was thinking, oh, only chop suey. I want the Chinese gourmet food in here because I always go to San Francisco to eat Chinese gourmet food. I say, Utah, we should have a gourmet restaurant here. So I'm the first one to start the Chinese gourmet restaurant instead of Utah. So, so we, we need Chinese food, you know, so we have to send the food from outside to, to be Utah. I say, why don't I do a wholesale grocery store? So, so we, we did the, a wholesale grocery store here. So it's a, there's lots of opportunity in Utah. I enjoy Utah. I love Utah. I call Utah my home. Um, you know, and uh, it was um, back in 19, I think 59. Or 50, 59, my husband and his uncle started the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And that time, there's not too many Chinese restaurants here at all. You know, I, so, so they, all they do is chop suey. They have no idea what is gourmet food at all. And uh, they have egg foo young, fried rice, sweet and sour pork. And our restaurant is 55 years, running for 55 years. We have four generations of people go over there. All the people, they enjoy because they don't know what's gourmet food. They, they just enjoy the, I enjoy the, the sweet and sour pork, you know, so they have no idea. Then... And uh, then the, my kid is helping me at that time too. My I helping my husband at that time. The hour is the longest running iconic Chinese restaurant. The J Cafe. You guys too young, baby. You never eat there. No. Four generations, and we retired at two thousand eight, and we. We, we let people run it, but that people still call us up. Oh, please come back to do the egg fuyong, the chop suey, <laughs> the sweet and sour pork. They miss that. Yeah, at that time, people only know it, 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 those are real Chinese food. But until I opened the gourmet restaurant, then they know the difference. What is the gourmet food is? They just cater to the American people's taste. They have no idea what, what the real food is. Then later on in, in Utah, we have uh, Sichuan food, Hunan food. But at most of the time before, even before the, uh, the, before the, the lots of people come over here, before the, you know, 
uh, and the 62 at those times, that before 67, you know, so all they have the chop suey. That that restaurant owner is all from Toy San. Yeah, only few. Ding Ho, maybe you guys don't know. They have Dong Ho, Ding Ho restaurant, the J Cafe. Yeah, it's, it's the, we open 24 hour. Yeah, and we have, I remember those music box over there and, and iconic music box people went, went over there. Four, four generations to eat in our restaurant. Yeah, and they really miss it. Yeah. And uh, 59 years ago, when, like I said, when I come over here, only not that many Chinese people here. The American people, the Chinese people, they are very, very, very friendly. And uh, we have no crime. We open the door, we walk, you know. So the, it is really a safety, really safety place to, to live. And, and I think that time, the, the weather, you know, I, I enjoy the weather because I'm, I'm from Nassau, Bahama. We always have a hurricane and, and all the, always, you know. So I was so happy there have no hurricane here. And, and the weather is really, really good and the people is friendly. And the development at that time is not too many development at all. For I, I remember for, for, we we have some property for for we bought some property for ten years. It, it never it, the price never even raised at all. So so it's, it's a very steady and and safety place to live in Utah. Uh, not that many outside people came. Not until the 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 immigrant they came after the sixty seven the six the, the sixty nine the more more Im immigrant come at that time. In the beginning, it's only the Toy Sunnese here and few Taiwanese. But those Taiwanese are, is the, do, do the professional job, like a pro, they, they teach in school or something. Or the Toy Sunnese, they do restaurant. Yeah. And uh, for the, i watching it grow. And for, for, for 59 years, watching it slowly, slowly, we have more people coming. And, and because after the Olympic 2002, then lots of people know about Utah. Then we started more people to come here. Then we started in the map, map. Not too many people know Utah before. After the Olympic, then, then we started on the map and people know about it. And uh, at that time, then lots of people, later on, lots of people moving, coming over here. You know, so many people from California, from everywhere they move here. Our property is jump up properly, 40% or so. My, my friend have a house, they for sale long ago, you know, probably 50, uh, uh, half a million, no, no, 500,000. And so they, they want to sell it for 690,000. But somebody offer hundred thousand more because they can't buy it anymore. I can watching it it's rapidly grow in in Utah because the climate is good here. We do not have a loss of uh, uh, disaster here. We we know so people want to move here in California. The 
the is so expensive. Everything they sell one house, they come over here. They can buy two houses and 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 retire. That's why our price is jumping up recently in here. I'm watching it, it grow. Before there's no discrimination at all. The way I see it, it is no discrimination here. But the, you know, the, but the, since recently, there seems like there's so many discrimination. You, you, you know, so we have to over overcome this problem. Yeah, that's the way I see it. The Utah here, we have lots of community organization here. You know, everybody is pretty, uh, pretty cohesive. Like in May thirty first, and uh, we. All the organization, maybe twenty something organization together, we held um, Asian hate crime rally at the city county building. We we try to be let our younger generation know to recognize their own heritage, to proud to be the have their own heritage to to celebrate. So. Hey, crime is we have to let people know about that all races is the same. They should not have no hate crime or any. That's the, how, the way I see it. My my dad and mom always tell me that great grandfather is have the vision and they're very brave. They travel across the ocean and buy a sailboat for one whole month. And they arrive in San Francisco. They leave their family. They leave their friend, come to a new land that they, uh, they have to adapt to the new custom, the new language and new everything. They have to start to work here. But they they work. Uh, they are after the one month sailing. They are arriving in San Francisco. They start to work there. Then they were very hardworking, but they facing discrimination. That discrimination is another like the Irish worker. They and the Chinese worker. They had to pay for their own food. They pay rent, and and they. They had to buy their own tour. They had to the, the, they stay in the at the burlap tent, but and the islands they 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 not then, so they facing discrimination. But they are a hard worker. And grandma always tell the story. Then they 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 have sacrificed themselves for the family. They send money home for the family, so we have a better life in the family. After the completion of the Transcontinental Railroad, my great-grandfather, they did not go back home right away. And my great-grandfather went to Sacramento, working in a farm. And of the fruit farm, they working there one day, then he found a jar of gold. But that time, is the gold is everywhere, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, go that uh, they chang fang chang go. So my grand, my grandfather give back to the owner of the farm, and he say, and integrity and honesty is the most important. My dad, mom always tell the story about the great great grandfathers. Yeah, did they uh, live through 
the time period uh, when the Chinese Exclusion Act uh, was implemented, how did they stay in touch with a family in China? The Chinese Exclusion Act is 1862. Is that 1862, I think, right? And, uh, you know, they came over 1869, they get, get done. It is way before the Chinese Exclusion Act. Talk about the Chinese Exclusion Act, and uh, I, I, I heard that I knew that some people they cannot go back home. Some people in China already they cannot come back. That era is really sad because uh, you know some 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 people they they want to visit home, then try to come back. They cannot come anymore. They are not allow people to come for uh, for so many years until yeah so many years so so that that's not uh, uh yeah the Chinese cannot freely travel in those time. It's very difficult, very hard with the Chinese exclusion uh, 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 yeah I think the exclusion act is eighteen eighty two. Eighteen eighty two, not eighteen sixty two. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, 1882, after, sorry, sometimes the, the going back, I forgot. So sometimes, you know, after the, after the, they built the railroad, then uh, they think the Chinese get all their job, you know, because it bring to American possibility, they have no idea. So, so they, they, they were thinking the Chinese, you, you take away my job, so. That's why 1882, they started that exclusion art. Lots of people went back already, want to come back here. So so they, they their family been separate. Yeah, because some family is here. They do not allow female came at all, even in the uh at the, uh, when they when uh in the beginning, when they do the Chinese railroad work at that time. Only the the, the young men from 20 to 30, they recruit them. People from USA go back to my hometown to recruit my grandfather and, and their cousin. And they came to work, work here at that time. Mm. So I remember in you know, uh, Asian American history books, I read about the coolie labor. Coolie, right? yeah. Coolie cool labor. They call coolie, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was... Uh, Pretty hard. Yeah, yeah it's a really hard job for the Chinese railroad worker. They did the most dangerous job. Like uh, they, like uh, they go work through the Sierra Mountain at the blooming cart. The the rock is really really hard. They only do two inches a day, and when uh, the, the the hard job they do is another. They have to go through the tunnel, make tunnel for the uh, train to go go through. But the mountain is so thick. They have to go to the four side to go into that, uh, to, to do the tunnel. And they have to hoist down to the mountain to do that. And um, then the, the tunnel boy, the tunnel, they, they, inside the tunnel, they call the, the fuse boy. They, have a, they put dynamite there. And uh, they have to run. They they have to light the dynamite. Have to run for their life. They light it, or or they run it so fast, you know. So they run. That's a, they did the most dangerous job. Yeah, but they are very very skillful. 
they work so hard and and so that they but they, they get discriminated. Yeah, I yeah. can't imagine I could be here uh, without uh, all the histories and the contributions of the early Chinese immigrants and uh, workers who uh, actually have paved the way, right? Paved the way, and laid the foundation. Uh, what is the the number of uh, um, descendants of uh, Chinese railroad workers still living in Utah today? Do you know the number? Uh, we do not know the number. Maybe we, we, we never count how many people. Because like my family, we have, uh, my, my, my big family, we have about 50, 60 people. I mean, all the relatives everywhere, we, we, can, we will have 100 people. So uh, we had some, and other uh, Chinese railroad worker in Utah, they still had like Kellen Kwan or the, or the, and Michael Kwan, they, they are the, the railroad worker descendant too. And mm -hmm. talk about in Utah. Yeah. How did you uh, get involved uh, in the organization? Um, Chinese Railroad Worker Descendants Association. Could you talk a little bit more about that? You know, I, I feel really, really fortunate. I live in Utah, and the completion of the Transcontinental Railroad is right in my backyard at the Palmetto Summit. Lots of people, they fly over here to do an event, to, to do the ceremony. I just in the back, yeah, I can have time to go. I want to go, I go all the time. So that's very, very ad advantage for us, for, for me and for the descendant in here. Uh, we went there since 1990. So we go there and because the box elder county over there, every year they have a ceremony to honor and, and remember that the railroad worker, and they have a ceremony and a reenactment. So every year we, uh, and we go there, they invited us as, as, as Chinese railroad worker descendant, we go over there too. And I have the honor of presenting some writ, a writ to our, offer a writ for our ancestor. So since we go there, uh, every year since 1990, we just go there only. So. At the um, 100 years anniversary, so, so some activists, Phil Choi, from, uh, with a group of people from San Francisco, they're supposed to go to the stage for five minute uh, speech, but the last minute they get canceled. Yeah, then they get canceled. So, and the 145th anniversary, we we decided to do a photo because uh, in the completion, 1869, May 10, when did they do the champagne photo for, for completion? No Chinese were there. At the 145th anniversary, we decided to do a photo to, re to reclaim history. The, so the famous photographer, Kwoki Lee from New York, they came over here. We, we did the photo and already at that time. So we saw that 150 years is coming up along the corner. We have to do something to honor our ancestor. 
because they have been discriminating them. Nobody know about their great contribution, and and so, so we, the you know I would and we were thinking we should do something different to to do something more to organize. I was thinking I should organize a Chinese a a, a work. I should organize an organization to honor the Chinese railroad worker. We decided to call the name Chinese Railroad Worker Descendant Association. So I asked Judge Michael Kwan to be the president, and he is a descendant too. He's he's very happy he accepted the, the the position. Then right away in June 12, 2017, we established the. Uh, Chinese Railroad Worker Descendant Association, because the RWDA is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Right away, we start to work on the 150 years anniversary. So, so we, what we do, so we we have to do 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 something different. We do not want that to happen again, like the hundredth year. Then they schedule us to talk, then no talk. Our voice must be heard. So we started working on it, and 2017, we established all the CRWDA. 2018, we have the first uh, conference. We want to tell the story, let lots of people know that the, uh, the sacrifice and the contribution of the Chinese railroad worker. So, and the 2019, we have uh, uh, another big conference with four day with five hundred people to tell the story then more and uh, two thousand nineteen is one hundred fifty years anniversary as you all you experience here it is a big big celebration and uh, because uh, and uh, and the the state of Utah they are they as well as by one fifty and uh, I was one of the commission. And um, Judge Michael Kwan's won the commission, and Kellen Kwan won the commission. We start to work with the government and helping the uh, the 150 anniversary. See what what we can do. We will invite the descendant come over here. Though. So and the 150 anniversary, we have about 20,000 people come over here from all over all, all over the. The world, not just yeah, yeah, not just United States here. So we have more than hundred hundred media, lots of from China too. They came over here. This time they focus on on the Chinese railroads con contribution for the building the transcontinental railroad. Because for the 150 years, they had been discriminating, they had been ignored. At the 150 years, they want to recognize them. So it is a triumph that how the representative of Chinese railroad worker, Connie Yang Yu, and she is the representing the Chinese railroad worker to make the first speech over there. And Elaine Chow, the uh, the the, the Secretary of Transportation, and she go up, you, you saw that probably, huh? Yeah, she go up to the state to talk about the Chinese railroad workers' contribution, and there's uh, lots of activity there, and uh, there is uh, the Blue Angel is fly over the sky, the celebration with, with firework, and that, that's a big, big, big celebration. And besides, in... Um, 
at May May nine, the Union Pacific, and they have the the first、uh, the steam train. They 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 not working for a long time. They they just make you work the May nine. They have a big celebration, and、uh, and May nine over there, and the the, the CEO lands and the governor and I I. What、well, we were on the stage, we honoring our. And says that is really, 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 really honor. And at the hundred fifty anniversary, I I am very、really、fortunately have the opportunity to representing the Chinese Descendant Association to present uh, 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 an offering a flower wreath for our ancestor. Is is an honor. Besides, you talk about the. That what we do to preserve the、uh, the history, yeah. What we, that we did so many things that because in our for for when when we do the conference, and we have about five hundred people for four day at the Marriott, then this, we tell the story. We have a big gala. It is a fun event. Everybody still talk about it. You know so. So our president and our board member, they did a wonderful, wonderful job. So we have exhibition for one whole one whole year. We have a, a, a photo exhibition at the state capital, and we have a, a, at the state capital and 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 all the library and the school. We we go to the school to talk about the Chinese railroad worker. Uh, that the other thing that we have for for preserving the、uh, the、uh, this legacy for to, to preserve serving the、uh, the heritage is then、uh, we help the Utah State History Preservation Office, Doctor Mer、uh, Doctor Chris Merritt, to do the excavation at the at the terrace. Telis is the largest. Telis, the largest railroad town in Utah,、uh, that from 1869 to 1906. Margaret asked us to note that we got the date wrong in the conversation. Terrace was active between 1869 and 1910, not 1906. Yeah, it is a. Ah,、uh, they we we sell、uh, we take people to the grave to see it, and they did the excavation two thousand nineteen and two thousand twenty. We did it this year too. Very fortunately, they found a a Chinese railroad worker house. It's very fun, and、uh, the, only this year we found found lots of artifact over there, lots of artifact, and ah,、uh, so besides we. All, all those, but we want to preserve that. Do、uh, you know, like in California, in in not in Cal, in Nevada, they discovered somebody building a house, and building a house in the backyard, and they 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 see one thumb, and next one they see thirteen thumb thumb, thirteen. It is. They don't know what is.、It. They send it to the Nevada lab. It is a Chinese railroad worker. In in Carlin, Nevada. So we, as a Chinese railroad worker descendant association, we 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 have a sponsor Jomin, the filmmaker, to do a documentary for that. So 
And um, we for for three years now we're working on it. So we we temporarily put up that that thirteen body. They are thirteen Chinese railroad worker, and they go to the lab. They test. They they know that is that the railroad worker. We want to know their contribution. That the, the filmmaker quite going home. Uh, we as uh, the organization CRWDA, we we feel like it. Uh, you know, we 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 want we want to make make the you know make the people know about the contribution. So we sponsor it. So and this uh, this coming up this year September six, they going to put the finalized with a big rock and with, with some writing that that they put it over it to finalize to to remember them. So and then also then. To preserve the our heritage, so for at the hundred fifty years, the KUED, and they do a documentary on me to talk about the contribution of the Chinese railroad worker, and uh, the and the spy hub, and they do a doc not a documentary, they do a filming talk about the the, the contribution of the Chinese railroad worker. They started in the beginning of any. Any event they talk about it, I I think that and uh, our the Chinese railroad worker descendant, uh, you know we want to preserve our and and protect yeah uh, and promote uh, that Chinese railroad workers contribution. It is so we we are happy to do that. You know, I I think that, that lots of people do not know the contribution of the Chinese railroad worker. What they they did, nobody. Lots lots of people, mainstream of the people, they don't know, unless you know with the hundred fifty year, they might know a little bit. What 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 I like to share people to know is, they should know the Chinese railroad workers, the sacrifice, and the contribution. Of building the first transcontinental railroad, they for the east, mid, the west, and they suppose you know they do it in fourteen years because the hard work, the skillful, and the sacrifice and the commitment they did it in seven years before the transcontinental railroad was built from the east to the west. It take Six months after the completion of the transcontinental railroad, it only takes six days before it costs one thousand dollar. After the completion, only what take one hundred dollar. So because of this, it it is a transformed the USA. It bring them to economic prosperity. So we should people should know about that and. Besides, they, they get discrimination too. Anyway, so anyway, we said Chinese help build the railroad. The railroad help build America. You know, you just think uh, after the gold rush, then. Uh, Everybody like gold, you know. They they think it's so easy to pick up the gold there. So 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 you know, pick up the gold there. So nobody want to work. It's a hard work. No no, 
they had no no nobody want to work at the railroad. So they wanted they test the Chinese railroad worker to to work and and they say, oh, Chinese railroad worker, the Chinese is so little, they cannot work. The Charles Coughlin said, oh, they can build a great wall. Of course, they can build a railroad. So they hired the Chinese people over here to work. They, in the beginning, then uh, then then not too many people want to come, but later on, the some recruiter go back to my Toisan only. That's why most people from Toisan, my hometown, but my our, my great grandfather and their cousin, they came over that time. But then then they 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 came over here. So so that's why and they because of the they have twelve thousand people, uh, Chinese railroad worker, ninety percent of the workforce, and there two thousand people die, uh, were working on the railroad. They are very hard worker. They are very skillful. Yeah, they they you know they. They keep for themselves and they work hard and they're really smart too. Then the, the worker, they get sick, you know, they drink, they drink, like the Irish, they, they drink and they get sick. But the Chinese people, they're really smart. They boil the water, they drink the tea, they didn't, they didn't get sick. So that's why the hard worker get it done seven ahead of schedule. It transform USA. You just think the Chinese railroad worker not come here to work. They have nowhere to work. Then the railroad's not completed yet. There's no curriculum in them. Uh, no curriculum at all talk about the Chinese railroad workers of the building. That's why the CRWDA and other of our mission, we have to put, we're working on it, to put the put this part of the history into the curriculum. We are working on it now. Yeah, they, they're still working on it. But they're, they're one of the, the things, um, um, yeah, I, I think they want to put it there. And they, you know, because, you know, the Corky Lee, the one of the famous uh, photographer, have you ever heard about his name? Uh, from New York, when he's, well, he's in high school, First time, and he saw that picture, and he, and the completion of the transcontinental railroad champagne photo, official photo, and he see no Chinese there. It is nineteen seventy at that those time. Then he he's in high school. He saw that no since no Chinese there, and and his mind he say, I am going to do something. I am going to do the photographer. And I am going to reclaim history. I'm going to put the Chinese there. That's why at 40, 145th anniversary, he, he come over here. He did, did the photo with the Chinese people there. Because like you like you, you say in the school, they, they, they didn't talk about it. He didn't know it until he saw the photo. Then one people make, make the difference and he wanted to do the difference. He, he, do, he did it, yeah. You know, I think I would like to add the legacy that the, the legacy that the Chinese railroad worker live here. The legacy they live here is they taught us to be hardworking, to be family is first, to be dream, big dream. Yeah, so, and another, 
another thing, the legacy they live with us. We they we have the uh, the pamatoli here, and we have the Chinese arch here, and we have the celebration here. Then the most important thing is the Golden Spy Park. They changed to Golden Spy National Historical Park. And besides, and we're going to put up two statues to remember the railroad worker. One is in the exit to the go, go to the Golden Spy His, National Historical Park. Another one is inside the park. Another thing is that the, the state capital, they're going to build um history, the, the, the museum. We're going to put the the Chinese artifact over there to to honor and remember our ancestor. And uh, in the inside the Golden Spy uh, National Historic Park over there, and they are remodeling the museum now. We're going to put the artifact over there to to remember our ancestor. Yes, I I think so. People Paul. Uh, you know, to, to people should know their great contribution, and it is uh, Transform USA. Thanks again to Margaret. If you want to hear more conversations about the Asian and Pacific Islander experience here in the Salt Lake Valley, I really encourage you to check out some of the other podcasts in this series. The series is supported by a Whiting Foundation Public Engagement Grant, and the Institute for Mountain Research is housed at Westminster College, which is located on the traditional and ancestral lands of the Ute, the Goshute, and the Shoshone peoples. Thanks again, everyone. Stay safe, stay healthy, take care. Before I